Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's come on, son, the podcast. Y'all know me as Ed Lover, oversaw by my man, Combat Jack, the pod father who put me on to this entire thing. Today, I am going to have a conversation with undoubtedly one of my favorite actors, um, just period, because he's so versatile. He could do anything, in my opinion. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. Mr. Wood Harris. Welcome, brother. What's up? How you doing? A native of Chicago. We're here in Chicago. He's a native of Chicago from the west side. Yeah. K-Town. What? Why do they call that K-Town? Because a lot of the streets begin with the letter K. Simple as that. Okay. That's it. There's no other meaning to it. It's just no, a what, K for street. about a mile or two, every street is basically K. Okay. What street did you grow up on here? I grew up on different streets, but I actually grew up on Killer. Really? There's a Killer. Yeah, there's a Kedzie. Mm-hmm. There's all those streets. Killer Street? <laughs> that, what? You were telling me um, a little earlier when we were just talking before we started the podcast that there, you grew up in a time here where wearing your your hat the wrong way meant something. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. So what, yeah. what affiliation, What not that you were affiliated, but what gang was ruling? Well, you are affiliated just by, you know, you're affiliated by walking on the same turf, so to speak. Okay. But it was a five-point nation, which is like vice lords. Okay. You know, you had five and six-point nation, star. So five is vice lords, six is like gangster disciple. So mm. I grew up on the vice lord side of town, basically. How did that affect you? Uh, you know, you grow up with that ignorance. You know what I'm saying, and um, you don't really know your your your. It's like people who never leave a neighborhood, you know. And then when you leave the neighborhood, you're like, oh, wait a minute, there's a whole lot outside the neighborhood, you know. So I was affected ignorantly, like I would say most people are. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a devout gang member. I wasn't a gang member, but by association through the neighborhood. Who you know, your friends. Friends, relatives. Right. Everybody, everybody was associated because you had to front. Like, you just could not be associated. You couldn't just say, I'm not. Uh, this ain't yeah, it's you. called a new, a new, a neutron. You remember neutrons? Really? A neutron is somebody who say, I'm neither nor. I'm not any gang. You uh-huh. still catch a beating, though. You just, <laughs> it just, you just not in the gang. Is that, were you a neutron or were you affiliated? I never... I never claimed to be a neutron, so I was probably more affiliated than anything. But I ain't right. have no acts to do. I ain't have to act on it. Okay. You know what I'm 
Okay. Because I could hoop, though, Ed. Huh? I mean, I could play ball. I could hoop back in the days. And you okay. ended up with a little bit of reverence from that. You know what okay. I'm so, yeah. Grew up in the house with your, uh, how many kids in the house? It's just me and my bro. My older brother is Steve Harris. Right. Who's a actor. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous actor yeah. in his own right. You, know, you guys would know him from a few different things. But, yeah. But Steve Harris, my mom and my dad, my parents got separated at some point. So it was my mom, and, and we, we did a West Side tour living with my mom. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I got one older brother. Mm-hmm. So me, Steve, and my mom. And then um, my parents got back together at some point, but we were older. Me and Steve, <laughs> were leaving, me and Steve was leaving the house. You know oh, what I'm yeah? Saying? Pretty much, yeah. Where'd you go to high school? I went to St. Joe's. That's a, a famous high school for basketball players. Um, Hoop Dreams. Okay, so I if remember. If you seen Hoop Dreams, dreams yeah. the neighborhood, Arthur A.G., that's my neighborhood. Okay. Pretty much. And the high school they went to, the private high school they went to, I went to for three years. And then um, and then I went my fourth year at a school that no longer exists called Weber. Okay. Yeah. So why, what happened with your Hoop Dreams, bro? Uh, I don't know, man. I just basically didn't have enough discipline at the time to pursue it. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't think I was... I'm more ordained to be who I am now than I would have been in the basketball game. You know, I okay. probably been one of them basketball players. Like now that I'm done, I want to act. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> but I don't think. I mean, I'm also the age I am. I would have had to stick. Uh, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have been in like Jordan's era. Oh, he's older than me. But I'm thinking, who who would I? Yeah, Kobe was even in Jordan's era. So yeah, I would I would have yeah. had to stick. Some. I mean, I'm I'm me and you about the same height. You know right. who we would have had to play. Like yeah. My hoop dreams ended when Magic Johnson got into the game, <laughs> six eight in a point guard, and, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my God, yeah. I can never yeah. be that good." But you can't grow up tall and black and not touch the ball. If you yeah. do, if you don't touch the ball, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what you're, happened. you're looked upon as being weird if you don't. Yeah, you very not, weird. Yeah, like you very know, you weird. See, you, you see guys now that's six eleven or. Something like that, six nine, six ten, and you just know they were former ball player. Right. And somebody's gonna ask them where they yeah, play yeah, ball, yeah, yeah. and they they say, I, I'm, "I've never played basketball." But I like ever. we got the good height though, and we we stand six four, <laughs> six five. We can right. also sort of move in the real world a little yeah. bit. Because if I were too tall, it'd be very difficult to be an actor. Yeah, absolutely. I've lost roles from being too tall before. Yeah, that's life. the deal. Who did Steve get into? Your brother Steve Harris get into acting before you, or did y'all? Probably at the same time, even though he's older, um, it just happened in, in, like in kind of a simultaneous way. I think he might have been. I mean, I, I I had the dream of it probably before him, but mm-hmm. I'm younger than him though, so right. I pursued it at a younger age. Pursued it how? How so? What was um, the first? The first step I did was took? just well. The first step I took was here in Chicago. I did um, like I did this industrial play, like industrial plays. Like they don't do it anymore. With mm-hmm. like, you know, but we was making like ninety dollars an hour. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Which, but you only work like three hours, but still, right. <laughs> they get you like UPS. You know what I'm saying? They tell right. you working all this money. But it was a good, it was a good entrance for me because um, I was outside of my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I was away from the claws of that. You know what I'm saying? The gravity of the of the hood wasn't really keeping me down no more. Okay. Even though I was living in Chicago, so um, after that. Uh, uh, made a couple dollars and I wasn't really making no hole. I went to school and then I, I, I auditioned for school. So once I started to know the, some, some of the different protocols. You went, to, you went to acting school? I didn't go to acting school, university. I auditioned for university and got a scholarship. Okay. So people don't know you can do that, guess what? You can audition, you take two monologues the way you do 
anything else, show up to two-minute monologues, and you can get into various schools. Like I got into undergrad and grad school that way. Oh, wow. Off, off scholarships, off of auditioning. Oh, wow. So I, I didn't even know that. That's bro. good for people to know. That's yeah, good for people to know. That's absolutely wonderful. Yes, bro. you love the basketball Let's go back for a while. All right, all You're right. in school. You're in high school. You're playing basketball? I'm playing basketball. Who did you see that made you say, I want to act? That's ironic because there's got to be a trigger there somewhere. It was a trigger, but it was it was it was a couple of different things. Number one, when I watched TV, you know, I was drawn to like the black and white movies. So James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, like the old world of acting. Really, I'm sort of cut from that in a sense because I would I would sort of see that stuff and then go in a room alone and be all, yeah, you'll never get me in it. So I realized at an early age I was like using my imagination in a fertile way towards that type of artistry, but. Visually, you got to see some people looking like you. So, I mean, oddly, it would be like Gary Coleman. You know what I'm saying? Because we mm-hmm. didn't have that much to go by. So right. it was what, whoever Manuel was Manuel Lewis. Yes. Well, really, really different strokes. Yeah. Um, Todd but, Bridges. Know, yeah, yeah. It was just whoever I saw, they made me feel like, oh, okay, they are doing something here. Like, this is not just a show. Uh-huh. This is not just, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they, how they're getting paid, but... I can see that they're doing something because we're supposed to believe what we look at on TV is actually happening. Right. And when you're at a certain age, you don't really differentiate from it. You're just entertained by it and you keep it moving and you walk around not thinking about the job that was done, you know. But so early on, I sort of recognized it as like, you know, a job, Ed. Like I, I, got, I wasn't looking at acting. I was mm-hmm. looking at them do something I wanted to do kind of thing. Right. Like looking at basketball, you know, the second you see... Michael Jordan, you want to go on the court and try to do that too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like that with acting too. Okay. So. Okay. So your transition, your first thing was the industrial plays? The first thing was industrial plays and just unpaid things. So I'm telling you the first thing I made a couple of dollars off of. That was the okay. industrial. Prior to that, I had only done like one play, and it was just a community play. Uh, it was just a community play I had done. And, um, yeah, that was it. I found out about it. It was called Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, there's a movie about it. It's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then once you get you you go to school, mm-hmm. are you studying acting in school? Yeah, in school. So undergrad and grad school are different. I uh, undergrad, you know, you have to satisfy your major. So uh-huh. that's that's. But in undergrad, I had a, um, a mentor who who really set me up and sort of designed my method about an approach to acting. His name is Gene Teruso. And he taught a method called Meisner Technique. Mm-hmm. And so most actors know about Meisner Technique, but I I'm, I got to meet Meisner and all that. you know. So I was just plugged in, though. What and is the Meisner Technique? The Meisner Technique is by a man named Sanford Meisner. He designed a listening technique. So basically, the Meisner Technique is using a method to get the actor to truthfully listen to, to each other in the scene. So, mm. so that, so that, so for us, and we doing a scene together, me and you, Ed. I'm really listening to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know your words. I, I know mine, but I don't know yours. Mm-hmm. And um, so it keep your eyes alive in the scene. You know how you can look at some actors in a movie and you see the yeah. eyes ain't there. You can see they looking for their words or something in their right. eyes. So your eyes really do give it all up. So you want to see listening eyes like yours now, mine. You know, people who listen to us and watch us, they have listening eyes too. Mm-hmm. So the Meisner technique gives you a method of listening. It doesn't really give you 
acting. You apply this listening technique to, to acting. But it's good for life in general once you once you study it because you realize that person ain't even listening to me. Or <laughs> they're not. They're not listening to me. You can right. tell when a person's just looking at you and not listening. Uh -huh. You start picking up on certain things. And so actors do it all the time. You know, actors do it all the time. Never really listen to it, searching for their lines or whatever. Mm -hmm. So And then in grad school? In grad school, I I, I I went to NYU, but I got into Yale, NYU, um, and Rutgers for grad school. But Yale, NYU were the top. But I tell you a story, and I just told I just told this young lady this the other day, who uh, I was up at the, at, the, at the studio with Jello, mm -hmm. and um, his name is Rana Dab Chudry, and um, he had a young lady there, and she's 21, and she's been rejected trying to act, and she's been hearing rejection. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things, I told her my story. When I was her age in 21, I auditioned for grad schools, all right? And I auditioned before 100, 100 schools, and I only got into one. Mm. Okay, I only got into one, all right? And it was Rutgers. Now, it was the number one of the 100, but still, I got into one, you know? Right. So it was like the process was like such, you, you know? You show up, you do these scenes. You do a monologue and you have scene partner. You do a scene and you're in front of these universities. And um, and then you do it and an hour later you go check a call board and you see your name and you see the schools next to your name. Right. There's only five black people there. You already know it's five blacks and like 200, you know, other, you know, right. mainly white people. And so I'm looking at the board. I got one name next to mine. And that's so right. It, it just was crushing though, bro. It was super crushing at the mm -hmm. time. I just literally like, <laughs> like the air, I just remember just a little bit of a death happening. Like, damn, I'm dying right now. And then when I went back to school, because I was in undergrad, when I went back, Gene Turusso, who I mentioned earlier, my I call him my mentor, and this is the reason why he basically kept me elevated. Because uh, I mean, I did have a defeated heart at the moment. You know right. what I'm saying? He just was like, nah, like you probably one of the best. You know, he was like, that's why the best school of all these is the only one that could even see what you have. You know. Then he gave me this story, some story that I won't repeat long, and it gave me fuel. So then I auditioned for New York University and Yale, and then I got into those schools. Oh wow! And those are the best schools, right? You know, so he was he was right. He was yeah, right. he was right. Yeah, like I was. You could be better than the people watching you. That's the thing about acting. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You could be better than the people who are are critiquing you and people who you like, the director and the producers, of course. You right. Know? You you could be more talented, not just more talented, but more professional, just better across the board than than people. And you just learn that a little bit later. But um, when I auditioned for Yale and NYU, I got into those schools, and then it was over at that point. I felt very confident, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And a year earlier, I, you know, no The wind school. had come from between, beneath your wings, so to speak. Exactly. It was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't know. I was I'm... flushed right. for a minute. But, you know... I floated back up, though. I was back in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> came back up. They ain't flush again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stuck around. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but when you're young, you stick around for the things you want to do. Like, I wouldn't give myself a curfew for, for, for something I was putting my life into, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to give myself. You know, some people say, I don't give myself three years. Yeah, if I'm to, 30 I'm and this ain't working, I'm done. All right, cool. Well, don't leave the post office then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, I mean, you try to live two lives in a sense like that. You know, you, you want to sort of like, you know, I just tell people, you really go and jump in the water, just jump in, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, ultimately 100% of rejection, I mean, certain amount of rejection is going to be truthful. 
all right? Like, so 10 years to me of you just didn't work anything but community stuff. And maybe you ain't study none either in that 10 years. So yeah. you never really grew because if, without ex opportunity, how do you grow as an actor? Right. With your imagination just supposed to stay there? It's like it doesn't work that way. So, but for most, I say just like, why ever give up on something like you really want to do? Right. Especially if it's a dream. I mean, in the dream, did you have a curfew for it? You know what I'm saying? So mm. I won't give myself five years or six, seven, even though I say 10 years, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? But 10 years is a long time. And I always say to people, because I love to act, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, I get roles here and there, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm studying right now. That's dope. Um, what do you want to be? Right. What right. What is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to be, I saw you in such and such and such a, yeah. That's my ultimate yeah. goal. I yeah. saw a documentary called The Working Actor. Mm. And it's all of these guys that work constantly that, that we really don't know who they are. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like, you yes. don't, you, but you don't know them. Yeah, but they're constantly, constantly working. Like, right. you'll see them in this film, you'll see them in that film, you'll see them in this TV. Everything. But constantly. you just don't know them by you name. Just, they're not that household name. And they might have a million dollars in the bank. Exactly. And you just don't know who they are. And right. I don't mind being that. God. So I ask people, even when it comes to whatever form of entertainment it is, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a singer or do you want to be a star? Do you want to be an actor or do you want to be a star? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I would rather be a working actor than shoot up and then drop mm -hmm. off. That Right, right, right. I would rather do that too. You know what like, I mean? Or to be perceived as being one-dimensional. Because that's probably worse. Yeah, that's probably that's worse. That's worse. Because you look at a guy like, I mean, thank God for comedy and stand-up comedy for Jimmy Walker, Absolutely. right? Yes. Jimmy Walker was typecast. Mm -hmm. He did a fantastic job on Good Times, but he couldn't move out of it. And nope. if it wasn't for Modern Family, they had Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy. That's all he was. That's true. For that's years. True. That's true. That's and he, true. don't get me wrong, he got paid. He got paid crazy. Jimmy Walker might not have got that bread. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But J Jaleel White had to go behind the, behind the camera to become a director because every time he stepped in front of he an couldn't audition, leave. he was Urkel. Urkel. Could. Urkel. And the Urkel. Problem, I know Jaleel, and I consider myself friends with Jaleel, even though I ain't seen him in years. But right. I remember I told him one time, I said, man, listen, you're like Charlie Chaplin or something, bro. You, when you were Urkel, you did incredible physical comedy. Right. You took a role that was meant to be a day player. Was it? You ain't know that? No. Bro. Man, that's the most important thing. Man, he was there for a day. One day. He was not, he had a he had a one-time role. That was a one-time role that ended wow. up the most significant character, probably the most yeah. memorable character by far on the show. Yeah. But the, it's the gift and the curse with that in a sense. Yeah. Because it's like playing Superman or whatever, or playing one of those roles that... um. It's, it's so connected to society that it's difficult for you to hold, push away from it. Right. That's difficult. You know, for me, I'm just lucky, man. I'm lucky in a lot of ways. Or I said blessed or whatever you want to call it. But uh -huh. I'm definitely lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. Because, You're one of the most versatile yeah. Yeah, you guys get, I've ever seen. But you seen. know what? My theory is you got the chance to see that because I got the opportunity. That's why I say it's just a blessing, bro. It's uh -huh. a blessing. Now, I ain't know, I mean, I play Jimi Hendrix, so you get in certain roles, you're like, wow, this is, I got to go in on this. Like, right. so you just do a role like Jimi Hendrix, then, you know, 
that was a real life person. I don't want to do a disservice to his family. Mm -hmm. I met his dad, I met his brother, his niece and stuff, and I just didn't want to do a total disservice to him. And growing up, you know, I'm hip hop head, blues. My mother listened to blues and stuff, R&B, but not Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the black culture at the time, I remember people kind of like not gravitating toward him. You always had the people who loved him, black people loved him. But, but since he was the first sort of multi-culty band. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Jimmy Henson experience was multi-culty. Yeah. You dig two white boys and a black boy, basically, right. three-man unit. So black people was like, eh. We got enough artists. We don't need Jimi Hendrix. Right. We got Curtis Mayfield, James Brown. We got so many artists. Right. Great artists that we can overlook Jimi Hendrix. So when I went through it, man, it was heavy, though. And so I moved into a spot out of my crib. Didn't have my own clothes anymore. Had, like, a, this uh, older car, something. Things that he could have even seen. Because mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to be inundated with, like, modern stuff to keep my heart in the hip-hop. Basically, right. So for several months, I just had to wean myself from my common stuff. And most actors should understand that that's that's a good method because if you can separate yourself from you long enough, then some of your you know uh, isms won't pop up on the screen so much. Okay, you, know, you sound a certain way or you move a certain way, you yourself, but you're trying to move like Jimi Hendrix or whatever the role is, you really do have to sort of immerse yourself in um, another world, another world that you can make. So a good friend of mine, Saul Williams, the poet Saul Williams. And Shout out Saul Williams, man. Saul Williams, yeah, we, we went to college together too. We both went to NYU. We were roommates before. And he, um, you know, Saul is so artistic to be around that he's just been influential also. Mm -hmm. He lets you know like, ah, man, you think you're spreading your wings? You got a lot more space, you know, there's a lot more space to spread. You know? Right. Because we be thinking we're hitting the mark, but a lot of times we're okay with just being off the bullseye. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, with a role like Jimmy Hendrix or something that's really, like, significant, you want to be, you just want to be there, man. Right. Straight up. Absolutely. You did a fantastic job as Jimmy Hendrix also, thank you, bro. Thank you, thank what you. What was your big break? What was the breakthrough for you when people started noticing well, who people, Wood Harris was? I would say probably, you know, where I, where people are gonna say, yo, Wood across the street and all that. Yeah. Name namesake actor. Probably that didn't happen until I would say maybe around the wire, maybe. Okay. Which was nine two thousand and whatever that was. But before that, I would say I was more than just a working actor. So, but it wasn't everybody. Now, like everybody, you know, right. all the cultures and just uh -huh. everybody. Before it was like. You know, I did Above the Rim was my first movie. Right. So in a way, that's like a breakthrough, you know, because it's, it's Tupac and all of that, and it gave me an introduction. But people weren't coming to me knowing me like that. Mm. Um, I mean, it took probably, man, man, it took from, so that was 93. And it took almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah, it was probably seven years or so, eight years before people were, you know, knowing me. Knowing. And I like anonymity, to be honest with you, because you don't know that you can't get that back. <laughs> you can't get it back, Ed. Yeah. You know, so you can't get your anonymity back. But so. you, you don't have anonymity right now, dude. I won't have it. <laughs> not with you. You know, we don't have No, I haven't had that in a long time, bro. No, you're not going to be anonymous. Again. Yeah, absolutely not. Tell me about, um, let's talk about, um, first let's talk about The Wire for a minute. Mm -hmm. That cast, man, 
when you look back it's now crazy, on though. that cast, crazy. That's crazy. It's actually crazy. It's absolutely the ridiculous. perfect storm too because I don't think they knew, you know. But the casting people were great. They were. Um, I forget who casted them. Oh man, Alexa Fogel, I believe. Okay. She casts a lot of big movies. Yeah, she does. And then I think Alexa We're trying to get Fogel on her radar did the for casting years. for that, I believe. But anyway, the first couple people cast was me and Idris. Okay. You know what I'm the very first people cast were me and Idris. Were you were you originally cast as Avon Box? I was. Okay. But Idris went out for that. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I just found that out like a year ago. Oh wow. I didn't even know the whole time. But he was he was he was people were going in for different roles. I only went in on one role, that was the only role. Avon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think I probably at that time was the most working of them all. No okay. one else knew. And people weren't crazy, didn't know me sort of like that. Like I told you, it was the wire that really opened us all up. Right. But you're right, it's Michael Jordan, Michael yes. B. Jordan, it's Idris, Michael K. Williams, Hassan Johnson, yes. Andre Royale, Larry Gilliard, me, you know, not to mention the like Wendell Pierce. Oh my God. Sonia Song. Yes. It's just, man, it's a yeah. very rich. Yeah, group of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Did there is an Avon Boxdale? Yeah, he, the actual Avon is deceased now. He died. I want to say probably almost two years ago. Okay, but did and you, Julius, you had an who op- I played in Julius, who I played, remember the Titans died this year. Oh wow! Yeah, did you have on. an opportunity to sit I with did. Avon? I, I did. I did get the opportunity to actually sit with him. Ain't that crazy? It's crazy. Yeah. Three people I sat with. I played this story, and that's Ace. Okay, you know, from AZ, AZ, I'm AZ calling from uptown. Yeah, shout out uptown A. Uh, shout out him. Uh, Julius Campbell from Remember the Titans and Avon Barksdale. Wow, so you're meeting people, you know, you're being. Yeah, it's a little bit of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I mean, when I met when I met AZ, that process. But I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you leave. No, me no, in. no. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, cause All I right, love well, these stories. But AZ was it was dope meeting AZ because I didn't know I didn't know the folklore, so you probably knew it. Better yeah, because I'm from New York. I'm from New York, so I didn't know the Harlem folklore. If I was from New York, too, I'd probably be from Brooklyn. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because I but just you would know the Harlem folklore. I still would know. Yes, absolutely. Even, even be- in Brooklyn. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Because Rich Porter, AZ, and Alpo were that big of New York Everywhere, legends yeah. that they were sometimes other guys from other places were doing their thing, but they always wanted those guys to know that they were doing it. Wow. So they was like, that was the stand. That was who everybody was looking to be, basically. That was the big boy. Looking for approval from them. Wow. Because Harlem was like this thing. And I'm from Queens, right? So I used to run with this dude that was getting money out in the street, too. And we would go to Willie Burgers. That's crazy. After the Apollo. That's crazy. Because you wanted to show up and show out the way they were yeah, showing out. You flash. wanted them to know, I'm from Queens, I'm from Brooklyn, but... We getting it the way y'all are getting it. Yeah, yeah. So I love that I got the, the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I they were just on the map. Loved it, that that. W- what did AZ tell you? AZ. Okay, so it went down like this. Process went down like this. I, uh, I'm friends with Makai already. Right. So Makai said, "Man, I got some, bro. You might, you might dig this." And I and he brought me the script. Was telling me about it. Brought me the script. I read it. Then I did a little research. And at the time, I forgot my man was doing DVDs. Street DVDs. Remember those? Uh, his name was Troy. I forget his name. But he had street DVDs, and I picked up one on Rich Porter and them. And right. I had all this, uh, what, uh, Don Diva. Uh, it was different magazines. Yeah, shout out, shout out to my man them. Kev Childs. Yeah. From the, now, Kev Childs is a story. 
from Don Diva. Oh, 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 oh. Kev think, Childs is really just as big or bigger than what they were doing. That's crazy. Kevin Ch- Kev Childs. Yeah, we we could talk about like this that's. All I day. love that though. Yeah, you know shout out Kev like, Childs all out, the time. Shout out them old school cats yeah. who are still here. Yeah, you know Kev saying? Childs did his ten flat and came home. It beat beat the feds twice. The feds beat the and feds. And they got the ninety six percent. Yo, you a bad mo? Beat the feds twice and took the ten years and said the only way. And they told them, "I'm going. You know the feds. We're going to retry you again." Mm-hmm. So he went to the judges' chamber and he said. I'll take the 10 that y'all are offering me if all my co-defendants get the same thing and you got to give them the time they already served. And they did it. And he took the 10 and ain't snitch on nobody. Don Diva Magazine. Real that's dude. hot, man. See, that's Real what I'm dude. saying. Like, that's Real what I'm dude. saying. I, I was, was so and drawn was there, by that. And mm-hmm. was there with them, but was always low. They were, you know, because of a... Uh, yeah, Alpo. You know, Alpo. Yeah, they was Alpo with the high. A Z was low, bro. A Z you played them eight you played Ace and paid them full. They changed the name. But A Z was you embodied the A Z that we knew. Mm-hmm. Always low. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. might see him in a fly car or something like that. Hat the way the same way you wore the mm-hmm. bucket, he wore the mm-hmm. bucket. He was low, dog. That's so- Rich was a little flashy. Alpo was over the freaking way top. over way, the top. Way, way, like, like disrespectfully <laughs> yes. over the top. Yeah, yes. that's what he yes. was. And, and Cam did a great job. Great job at it. Well, A A Z or Ace, if you know him as Ace from um Paid in Full. Once I got the script, uh, and I, I went through the process, I met with Charles Stone, the director. Then it was time to meet with A Z because we you know, I went through the preliminary process. So I go to New York, I'm in New York. Me and Abe meet at a restaurant. I forget what we was meeting at. We met this restaurant. He was the last one. He was the one who actually said, yeah, use that dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he, he wrote the script initially. They, he was like a consultant on it and all yeah. that. And uh, he was really who signed off on the, on the very last verdict on it. I'm oh, sure wow. they would have did what they wanted to anyway, but his word mattered at the right. time. So, But he told me some stories. You know, He told me some, some, some outpost stories and... Um, I felt a lot like him already, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. felt like he's a big dude, but I felt like if he was like me, I would look like him even. I just felt right. like I could really do this dude, you know. Um, and so it wasn't hard to make him a likable character. Sometimes you get a bad guy who they consider a bad guy, and you can't even see the good in him. You know right. what I'm saying? But I don't really see nothing but good in these guys that I play. I, don't, I only look for the good in them. You know, I'm not looking for what's bad in the back, who you already look for is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what makes them laugh. That's why you see me in there, you know, I'm I'm up and alive. Right. A lot of times a guy, a person, you get a bad guy, so to speak, and you just play into what you think they and are. You, and you made us feel for him as a person. Yes. His relationship like with his, his family, mm-hmm. his relationship at the, you know, even at the dry cleaners, mm-hmm. his relationship that he had with... Uh, with Makai Pfeiffer's character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you could see that that chemistry was just natural because mm-hmm. you two dudes was boys. And just... You being there is just... Yeah, and the relationship... Always people actually there. The relationship that he actually had when he got shot up, you could see that pain. Like, he was a real person. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes we just think of these guys, oh, this drug dealer dude, mm-hmm. he don't care about nothing. But mm-hmm. AZ was just that's the dude that he was he actually was. Payton Fool did a good job at showing him ascend, go from, you know, somebody working a laundromat 
you can see why he took his steps. Yeah. A lot of times you see the drug dealer, they just seem greedy or they just seem, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you don't see why they do it really. Right. And so you don't have really too much compassion about this story really. You just think, you know, okay, he was a drug dealer, so he was outside the fray already. So, you know, whatever he got coming, you know what I'm saying? He got yeah. it coming. And I don't want it to be like that as an actor. I want you to like, want my character to live. Yeah. Even if I kill somebody in the movie, even if I sold bricks, I want you to I want you to root for my Well, character. you brought that same kind of uh temperament and feeling to Avon Boxdale. Thank you, man. I Avon, that was uh that was the first time I did a constant series. So that's different. It's different to do a series, you know, because you you just have to Well, like you said, that cast is incredible. We're all very fortunate. And HBO at the time had Sopranos and, and was doing it was off of that vibe. Right. So it's different than it is now. But um so it was like making a movie every week. Mm. You know, so we had nine day shooting schedule. We did I think thirteen episodes a year at that time, which was a lot less. Uh people were doing twenty and twenty two. We mm -hmm. were doing thirteen. And now they all do like less now. But okay. uh so it was a different thing, you know. Every week you had to figure out something. So I actually, had never that actually shot that in Baltimore, though, right? Yep, we shot in Baltimore. What was the reception like, or the, from the people of Baltimore? Oh, the people, the, the, man. the people that live that life. Well, they showed us a lot of love, man, because it was like they liked the fact that it was even Baltimore getting put somewhere distinguished. Uh huh. Like you know, if you go to the East Coast, you don't have that much to talk about but New York. To be to be really honest with you, you know, mm -hmm. as soon as you get across the Mason Dixon line, the most prominent place to to put your feet is New York. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So DC is cool. You know what I'm saying? New Yorkers like DC more than everybody else. We love DC. Y'all go to DC, have a good time because they love y'all there. They yeah. love y'all. The DMV, Philly, all the beautiful women. Philly, yeah, DM get the beautiful women is all that. Philly, same thing. You know, so. But New York, y'all able to wear a New York crown. Right. The same way in Chicago, if we go to Detroit or <laughs> we go to Indiana, anywhere like that, we good. Ohio, all them cities. Right. They revere us because, you know, Chicago is just prominent in the Midwest. Yeah. But, but one thing I really liked about the wire that they showed is that Baltimore was its own entity and not, and not just crime ridden, but I really loved the scene when the Baltimore cats handled the New York cats that was coming down there trying oh, to infiltrate, because yeah, yeah. that's really the that's way real it was. Stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really people don't know that's real. People don't know. People New watch York the Wire takeovers. Take yes, because we got pushed out by TNT and the task force, and dudes had to move out of there. Oh, you mean we pushed yeah. out of the city? Yeah, I yeah, pushed yeah, out yeah. of the city they after they killed Officer Edward Byrne. They started cracking down on everybody. So when Pappy Mason just blew it for everybody that was making money, <laughs> if you, you know, you want to think about it in that manner, and then you know everybody got started going south. You know, you even got Alpo that went down to D.C. Yeah. and was doing he his thing. He turned it over, like. right? But a lot of people don't understand one thing: that these places that we thought were soft were not soft whatsoever, and Baltimore was one of them. Baltimore was probably, it was probably harder to infiltrate Baltimore than it was in Philly. Philly cats don't play either because they had the Philly Junior Black Mafia no, and Philly all of that. Philly don't play at all. Philly don't no, play Philly at all. Philly a lot more but like Be New York. More, dude, they even sound like New Yorkers in Philly. Yeah. Be more, except they say John a lot. Be more. <laughs> they do be, say John. Be they more get that dudes. Be more. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
they they just was not having it whatsoever. Like you could probably go a small city in Delaware and lock oh, it oh, down. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, oh, but yeah, you yeah. wasn't locking down nothing in Baltimore. No. It's too grimy for that. Right. It's too grimy. When I shot the wire, I didn't even live there, you know. And I don't think Idris did either. We we commuted. We commuted. I even rode with Idris sometimes. We commuted from New York. I lived mm -hmm. in New York the whole time. I just commuted to Baltimore. Wow. So, you know, I took I took the Metro. I took the, the, what, the fast one, you know what I'm saying? Right. Took, that's how I got there. If, oh, I wasn't, wow. if I wasn't riding with, with Driss, we rode a few times, I, just, I took the train. Wow. Because Baltimore was so, man, it was such a. Bro, you got, you know what? It just seems like it's fascinating, man. So you you knew Driss before the, the Wire? I didn't know him before the Wire. Nah. No, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. You yeah. know him? Not before the Wire. I knew Michael none of K. them. None of them before Snoop the Wire. Snoop Pearson? None of them. Wow. None of us knew each other before the Wire. Never met none of, any of them. I learned after the fact, I literally learned this year that, that Idris was even being considered for Avon. Right. But I knew, I learned that, you know, he and I, we were the first two that they chose for the show. Right. And they built around us. So they built the bad guys around me and Idris. And then I think they chose Dominic, which was uh, the head sort of cop. Dominic, I forget, uh, I forget Dominic's last name, but anyway. And so the first three people were were we three. Clark Peterson directed. Oh, he's also an actor. He directed the first right. pilot. And so he had a lot of say in the casting of it. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just. This is, you know, perfect story. Oh, what story. a hell of a cast, man! It's kind of crazy. No, no, no. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. Not from, not That's from that point, kind of man. show. That's I mean, a good you, point. you've seen, you know, you know, you've seen Michael Imperioli come out of Sopranos and, and Drea and all of them. But it, it, some of them, like, were, some of them like, were already I mean, around. That's true. Someone was already around, like the wire. Well, created, none of us were really prominent at all. Exactly, none of us. And now you got Michael B. Jordan, who you got with together for Creed Two. Yeah, that was Creed that, for me. That three. was just like Avon <laughs> and reunion, Wallace. Right, like right. you know what I mean? Because for Michael B. Jordan, he was Wallace. Like he was he's Wallace. little Wallace with he was the brain. I know Mike since he. I guess Mike is probably thirty. So young. Yeah, he's been in the game since he was sixteen, though, or right. fifteen, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's crazy. You got Michael K. Williams that came out of there. You got Snoop. Pearson Michael K. Williams is the dopest find at the White. I would say, besides Idris, right, and Michael K. Those two, and Michael Jordan. Yeah, the list goes Michael on. Michael J. Up. Jamie Hector. Oh man, man, that's it too. Were you kind of disappointed when they kind of went away from your story when they went to the waterfront? I wasn't. Oh yes, you mean year two of the wire? Yeah, we all we didn't know what was going on. You know, we I didn't understand that at well, all. Well, the idea was for them to have this initially. The wire was going to have that core cast for one year. Really, every year was going to be like the way they do True Detective. Uh huh. Different story every year. Right. Initially, it was going to be like that, but the fans they they petitioned heavily. This is what I understand: is the fans petitioned heavily at the time of HBO. Uh -huh. So they they was they was bombarding HBO with nah bring back bring back bring back, so they brought us back after the second year, so they they brought us back and they continued the, the, that main storyline never went back to the docks. Yeah, but if you look at the second year, the wire, it's a good thing they went back. I'll just put it to you like that, you know. Okay. Because those actors, that's not that same. You don't got that same, um, there's no Michael B. Jordan over there. Right. No Wood Harris, no Idris. There's nobody even comparable in terms of that you would talk about in the same way. Yeah. Michael K. 
You know, yeah. not from the year two, not from year two. Yeah. The year two bad guys. The cops were going to stay the same. Okay. Okay. So it was going to be like, I guess, not like True Detective, more like, you know, NYPD or something. The, okay. The cops will stay the same. It was a cop show. Okay. End up the bad guy show. The know? cops stayed the same <laughs> and the bad guys were, were just going change. to change. Yeah, they're supposed to solve. Were you disappointed when it ended? I was disappointed that I guess we didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to. End, I didn't end the way I wanted to end. Okay. Like I would rather my character had died. Really. Know? In real life, Avon didn't die, so I get it. Right. But at the time, I wanted him to die off. But Idris died off. Right. And once your di- a character dies off, then you're not really that character anymore. Mm. Really, society. Even if Urkel would have died off, right. it'd be different. Believe believe it or not, people really <laughs> they take that home with them. You know, oh wow! You never see these characters die. Right, Bugs Bunny ain't going nowhere. Right, you dig? So, for Stringer Bell to die was a good thing for Idris. Right, for for um, Larry Gillia's character to die was a good thing. Cause now, and even Wallace died. Yeah, even he Wallace died. died. Yeah, so he died. Think about the careers they have. You right, know? you don't say. You say, yeah, that's Wallace's, but but Michael B. Jordan is all kinds of characters. Yeah, absolutely. I'm lucky that you know. I had probably a couple other things you could go by with Wood Harris. So I had Remember the Titans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So One of my favorite movies. I had done that. And Did I you have to get in football shape for Remember the Titans? Yeah. Which is a lot different than us being <laughs> basketball shape. Yeah. Yeah, I had to get in, build up this this right here. I had to be built up. How'd you do that? Well, they had us They had us with trainers. They assigned it all. So okay. they had us with NFL players. And listen, literally... I'm lifting my leg up, bro. I never had I'm lifting my leg up to get it in the bed. That's wow. Strong, you know, that's how much pain and how much working out we had to do. So I probably gained, probably gained maybe 19 to 25 pounds. Wow. Which is a lot on us. Right. That's hard to gain on, we tall, six, four, six, five, six. So that's, that's, that's stretching out, you know what I'm saying? Was Denzel already attached to it? Mm-hmm. Did you audition for it? Yeah, I did audition for that. Yeah, I actually went in and auditioned for. I went in and auditioned for that. Remember, so you had never had you worked with Denzel before? Were you a fan? I had of never. Denzel? I had met Denzel. And okay. I almost see because I met Denzel. I um I was up for a role in a movie he did called Fallen. Okay. The role went to uh, Gabriel Cassius. Shout out Gabriel mm-hmm. Cassius. You know who that? Yeah. Is? He's also a writer. I, I, I know writer. Gabriel Cassius. I know his brother. Yeah. Franz. Franz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand up yeah, comedian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. So um. It went to him, but it was it was down to me and him, and I and they flew me to Philly at the time, and I was in L.A. because I was doing um as good as it gets, so I had okay. a small role and as good as it gets. So I was just making my you know making little small steps, right? And um, it was a big deal though. So now I fly to Philly. I'm sitting across from Denzel, so I met Denzel then, mm-hmm. and um, I got the parlay with him then, kicked back with him then, but I didn't get the role. Mm-hmm. And so a few years later. Here I am with him, and you know, a couple years later, I'm doing. Remember, remember the times? Did he remember that? More than a couple it? years later, it's a few years later. I don't know. I don't even know if I even. I don't <laughs> remember talking to him about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Probably not though. What did you go up for that you really wanted, and somebody else got it? Well, that was one of them. I put a lot of work in it because that character to me was really. Career defining, but obviously, the fo- you know, people don't know the movie and stuff. But at right. the time, I thought it was going to be like this big deal. Um, 
Well, that's now. I would say now they're doing a film that I wish I would have done. Um, they're going to make a movie. It's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom based on the play. Yeah. And it's Chadwick Boseman doing the role, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I just wish it was me doing the role. Because <laughs> yeah, I did the play. Okay. And I did the play. That play changed my life in a big way. So How so? I did the play. Um, well, you know, when I was in grad school, I got kicked out of school. So... So I didn't say it, but I got kicked out of school in the final year. For what? Uh, I was incorrigible at the time. You know, I wasn't, I mean, my <laughs> discipline was still from the hood. And so I, I basically was, um, I'm very much into, you know, our culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I could be outspoken sometimes. And so I think within the university, I was a little outspoken. And um, so they had more of a tab on me. Now, they allowed me to do Above the Rim. So okay. I only went to school. It's a three-year program, but they allowed me to, like, miss a year, basically. Okay. So I, my first year I didn't attend. So mm -hmm. when I came, I was on probation. So okay. in order to do, in order to do it, I had to agree to that. So now any tardiness would add up. So I was mad. I was late, mad times because I was working with Malcolm Lee, okay. who was directing. I went to school together though. Wow. Malcolm Lee directs directing. He's actually I'm doing Space Jam too. Are you? He's taking over as director. Shout out Malcolm Lee. All right. We've been work together again, and we're hopefully gonna work some more after that. But um. So I got to fly back to L.A. to do that. But at the time, I was working with a student film of his, and um, I ended up missing some days of school, so they put me on the kickout list. And um, my peers, they petitioned me to get back into school, though. Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm just saying, I'm, I'm super blessed, though, bro. Yeah. When I tell you blessed, bro, I'm... Super blessed because it's like the the acting gods love me, you know. They love me, bro. They love yeah. me. I tell people, you know, like my daughter's an elite tennis player. I said, the tennis gods love you because I don't play tennis. Right. And nobody in my family acted, bro. You know that. Yeah. Man, like acting in the family, man. Me and right. my brother Just went you pro and, at the you same and your time. Brother. Man, we went pro at the same time in a sense, though. Right. He did Sugar Hill and I did yeah. that, and they came out in 93. Right. Now he's four years older than me. Right. But, you know, we, we went pro at the same time, you know. So. I always just, you know, I feel very blessed that I can, you know, just that I have so much good fortune in that sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, right yeah. place, right time, a lot. A lot of times, huh? Yeah. And, and a lot of good friends. Well, yeah. You know, I um, I mean, I'm just totally, man, I'm so fortunate in that sense. Ed, man, I'm just very, right place, right time, a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot, you know. And um, that's why I say it's the gods because, you know, I be late a lot. <laughs> so I'm late, but I'm there at the right time. You know what I'm saying? So right. It's, 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 it's odd, you know? Yeah. Odd. Do you still have to go out and audition? I haven't, but I would. You know what I'm saying? I When's the last not. time you auditioned for something? Without somebody saying, what, I think you'd be I spent some years. It's been Good. some years. It's been some years. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's been years. <laughs> that's, damn, years. that's damn good. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what every. Well, I'm doing the series now. I ain't, you know, I ain't I auditioning for nothing. You know? Right. That, I think every actor wants to be. That's a goal. And that, a that's a goal. great yeah. position, right? That's a great position. Man. That you could turn stuff down. You turn say, stuff ah, down. No, I don't think I'm interested in this, but that's I'm definitely interested in this. Yeah, that's funny to me. Yeah, because you know, when you're coming up, you just want to get it in. Yo, you're bro. not turning down nothing. What? You don't, you don't even know how it's going. You know what tomorrow going to be like. You just yeah. you feel confident about yourself, but you don't know, you know what to expect tomorrow. But I have an idea that you know I'll get an offer tomorrow or at some point. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't necessarily now to me, I don't want to wait around. You know, so I'm I, I'm I'm directing a project coming up called Black April. I wrote it. 
And I really say that's really what timing is. Okay. If you're an artist, open up the can of worms and be more full about it. If you're a rapper and an actor, be a rapper and an actor. If you're a basketball player and a and a, and a, and, a, and an actor, just be it. Be it. Let everybody say you suck as a basketball player, but you were great as an actor, or whatever they say. Let them have their opinion. So yeah. what? It's just an opinion. Yeah. A, a bunch of people gonna still love you. That's they true. Still love you. It I don't re- matter I what remember, you do. I remember having a conversation with Angie Martinez one time. Shout and, out. Uh, big shout out to her all the time. It's my sister. And she had the opportunity to do her album after she had did the ladies' night joint. The label came to her and said, um, "You want to do an album?" And Angie, was she an MC before? She was an MC, no. I think Not way back in the days okay. before she did okay, that. Okay, okay. But she was like, "I don't know if I want to do it. She I don't. Was, I don't yeah. know how people going to perceive me." And I was like, "Would you hate yourself if you didn't do it?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Then do it then." Why wouldn't she? It's just an opinion. Dude, who cares? Who who cares? She's Thank still, you. You're still a voice in New York. You still got. She did radio. the album. Yeah, I'm about to go it. cop it. Yeah, she did. A long I'm about time to go cop it because yeah, I ain't heard it. You know, I'm about to listen Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Shaq did an album. Did, me and Dre did an album. Yeah, called Back Up Off Me. I got it. I on got Relativity, it. probably like 94. We had, man, we had a Biggie on. I, I had Biggie on a song, dog. I had Biggie on a song called Who's the Man? I wanted to release it as a single, but Arista wouldn't let us. So that's fine. But we had Big on the song. It cost me a dime. Just came in the studio and knocked that's it That's amazing, out. bro. Music industry and music and musicians and hip hop, they really need to, well, we could talk about that forever, but, oh, I had a group. Right. I, I think I told them about my, my group. You did an album called K-Town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the album, no, the album's called Never Die Now. I did okay. have an album called K-Town, but they can check out an album now that's called K-Town. I'm doing, this, I'm doing what I call a sophomore project, and I'm working with No ID. Okay. I'm working with um, Boy 1120. I'm working with um, Andy C. Myself, and I'm gonna do collabos, but the deal is, I I look at music like, or all of it like. You remember you remember remember coming up? You know, box of crayons only had like the primary color. Yeah. So I'm old enough that you know, I ain't get the silver one with the. <laughs> there wasn't no the sharpener wasn't on the box. The yeah, I ain't get the sixty-four <laughs> with the mixed colors. I right. had the five colors, and my thing is that's all you needed. And that translates into other art forms, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, music is just, it's just a box of crayons. All of it is just, and I don't need nothing but the primary colors because that's how you make all the rest of them. Mm. So I just, music is, um, everyone has music. The heartbeat is a beat. Everyone does music. Everyone has poetry. Everyone can sing. They might suck doing it, but they can do it. And so why wouldn't people do it? I mean, I collect records, right? I collect right. records. So, bro, you know how many albums there are? <laughs> there's so many records that we don't know about. Right. Like, literally, like this, you can go through the 70s, so many labels. Yeah. Look, Atco and this right. record labels, bro. You Like, artists, there's no two same record labels. Right. Even, you know, so it's like, nah, open up the can of worms as an artist, treat it like a canvas, and you got crayons. Your imagination is where your crayons are. And just draw. If people say they don't like it, that's fine. Did you like it? Like you said, are you going to be upset, Angie, if you don't do it? Right. Yeah, I can't live with myself if I don't do it. Okay, we'll do it. You know, there's no failure in that sense. Nobody can reject you as long as you put your best out, you know. Right. I put out the best color purple I can do, 
if they're looking for the color yellow, then then I failed. You know? Or or they're not gonna get that. Right. <laughs> they're not gonna get it. I succeeded making this color. Right. Big. Succeeded with this this right here. And so with with music, I'm I'm um I just look at it like that. I don't not opinions are gonna come. I don't really care about that stuff at all. Mm -hmm. At this point. You know, not at all. Not not at all. What's your ultimate goal as an actor? Well, my ultimate goal, I'm competitive, so I, just, I, I really just want to be seen as the best, you know? Okay. I just want to be seen as the best. Like, I want people to say, well, that dude, that dude is really, if not one of the best. I feel like you, people already say that, but I'm just competitive. I wish we could keep a score, you know, <laughs> like in a sport, you know what I mean? So that we could say, no, nah, that dude, he did that, 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 but, you know. I think, I think, you know, when I look at you as an actor, I think artistry means a lot to you. Absolutely. I think money is good, but I think you just rather be a great actor. Well, that's yeah, what I, I, turned that's down, what I get from I you. I turned down a bunch of money for something that I don't, even if I don't have a whole lot of it all saved, I spent all of it, I still will turn down. I just, I can't. Some stuff, man. Really? Yeah, like I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, right? I'm. I don't want to do it again. Usually, like I say, if it's some, you know, if it's another Avon or another bad guy that's you know drug dealing, and eh, don't even bring it at this point. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it unless it's a true story. Okay. So a true story has a bunch of truth. Right. For me to go find. So it. after you did pay them full and the wire, where you? Oh, you just get inundated was, with the were same. You inundated stuff. with the same what? stuff. Can you imagine, like? Yeah, over and over and over. I mean, that's like, I, like Robert De Niro, did he get it? Yeah, he played a lot of the same Italian gangsters. You know, that just happens. Right. You know? We see him in Cape Fear. We see him in a few things outside of that. But he's doing a new Hoffa movie with uh, Martin Scorsese. But yeah, he's doing his but yeah, it's Martin Scorsese though. Martin Scorsese. That's a little different. We love Martin Scorsese. Right. But my can of worms is directing. So I, I feel like I'll be the probably one of the better directors that people know of. Okay. Yeah. For sure, and I'm gonna be in some of my stuff like Woody Allen. Okay, I ain't gonna just direct Spike Lee style. Like, hey, Spike, I'm in the movie, okay, and I may or may not be the lead, right. but I'm gonna be in the film in some right. way, you know, because I mean I, I love acting and I love the moments, you know. I want to do it with you. I want to act and and we and we listen. We in the moments, but also it's a director's medium. Okay, so you know, film and television is for directors really. We okay. don't be knowing it. Actors don't know it. Otherwise, everybody be trying to direct. Right. But who are you study? Oh, well, you mentioned Malcolm Lee earlier as a mm -hmm. friend. Who are you studying directing under? Or are you going to school for it? No, I'm not going to school for it. Um, but I, I'm studying various things. So I took a master class. I guess you could say that's going to school. I didn't go to school, school like the right. term. Took a master master class. Um, and I, I'm looking at the styles that I like, and then so I just steal them, steal style because it's a real technical profession yeah. to have and you get a lot of help okay <laughs> you know your first ad does a lot of the work <laughs> and so you're cinematographer yeah Absolutely. he's directing it he's pretty much doing it yeah he's doing the work so once you understand what they do and you you sort of could you sort of could let people have their job so i want to work with certain you know dps or you know the ad's matter to me a lot Assistant okay directors and stuff like that matter to me a lot. right because they're really going to help out the vision okay yeah and and director pretty much has a vision for the film. The director has the the the, the supervision of it. Okay. And he's supervising over the wardrobe. He's supervising over the lightings. But he's just the dude who just says, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But they came up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. Like, straight up. Like, you know, director be off in the cut, you know, and first idea be lining up the lights and setting up the talent using the using the standings. Right. So he's doing. Do you feel job. like you'd be a, a technical director or an actor? Is what they call an actor. Probably an actor's director for sure. I just don't want to be in the way of the actors because you know I might say, "Oh man, I would do that differently or something." But I just gotta let actors be. But I will ha I will hire, I believe, certain talent. Like I, I just want certain fray of talent around the projects because I think that matters and I think people undermine talent, acting mm. talent. I don't think that they. A lot of times, you were you did you know of um. Money and Violence? Yeah. Yeah, so of course. So writing creator is a friend yeah. of mine. You know, he's got a new joint called The Spot. Now okay. That's coming out. And it's out now, actually. People can check it out. He's a great writer. Um, now, the talent on Money and Violence, you could question that talent. Yeah. Right? But he had he had all the talent. He wrote those stories. Right. And it's complicated stuff. You know, yeah, know. Now, how, what would it be if it was Idris and Wood and... Money and violence would be something different. Yeah, absolutely. Been incredible. I dig where you're coming so from. So it matters. Right. It matters. So the talent connected to the project matters immensely. If I write something and I give it to you, now it's yours. It's your it's up for your interpretation. Right. So I I gotta know, you know, as the writer and director, I want I wanna just be able to get at the end. I don't care what he do with it. That type of thing. Okay. I don't want to be, you know, hovering over the actors and right. trying to police the actors and stuff like that. Have you that. ever had somebody do that to you? Hover over you, try to police Yeah, I don't the like that. Violence. That's a real easy, that's not a good thing to do with me. You know, <laughs> that's a good place to go, man. <laughs> no, I, I get hood on that, damn near. Right. I get hood on that shit. Don't give me no line readings. I mean, none of that. Because right. would you go up to the director and say, man, why don't you move the camera? <laughs> no. So don't come to me and tell me what to do. Right. Don't tell me what to do. Now, it's different if you sharing something with me. You know, I think this and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to actually come and try to give me something, my heart just don't like that. Just okay. don't like Because now I'm doing what you're doing, what you tell me, right? So at the end of the day, when I go see it, if I don't like it, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. And I'm going to be disappointed at myself. You know? But if I don't like something I did and it was my choice, I'm going to be so disappointed. Right. I'm like, oh, damn, I could have did that better. Right. Not oh shit! I wish I would have did it my way. Mm. Nah, man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not leaving no performances on the screen that I ain't think of. Right, that's a huge difference. Fuck out right of with that. Yeah, I ain't doing that. That's Excuse a big difference. So you got a a short film that a film that you're working on right now. Black April. Black that's April. mine to direct. Yeah. Okay. Black April stars my daughter and me. My daughter's 15. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. That she's following your footsteps, huh? Somewhat, she like I said, she's an athlete. I'm athletic, right? But she's an athlete. Okay. But yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta do it. I gotta do it because okay. she's, she's talented. That's dope as hell. Yeah. Tell everybody how they can find you, bro. You can find me at Noble Wood, Noble Wood on IG. I don't really do Twitter. I don't really do Facebook too on much. On IG. Yeah, Instagram. One last question. What's that? Before we go, where does Wood come from? How did Sher was it Sher when, Sherwin yeah. David Harris, Harris goes to Where did Wood, Wood come from? Well, it came from childhood. Two two reasons. One, I have a godfather. His name is Leatherwood. Okay. He's rest in peace. He's my father's best friend. My father's also deceased. Um, so Leatherwood, that was his full last name, but they just called him Leatherwood. Right. And so Wood comes from that. Now, I wasn't, I would have been called Wood either way because 
in grade school, people just called me Wood based on screwing up Sherwin, saying Sherwood, Sherwood, Sherwood. So right. when I when I got on the basketball team in sixth grade, everybody was getting nicknames. You know how okay. everybody get a nickname? Yeah. So so it ended up Wood based on on that. But it was already Leatherwood connection. Okay. So that's the ironic. Like there's so many ironic things around me, you know. It's it's ordained, you know. Yes, sir. It's just meant to be wood, basically. Yeah. I wanted to change it. I call like I wanted to change it the whole time. Really? I didn't want it to be Sherwin. Definitely didn't want it to be that. That's right. too corny for me. <laughs> so I was happy wood happened. I was like, yeah, wood, man. I'm wood. I'm not Sherwin. That's too close to Sherman. You heard? <laughs> and they don't know, but the tissue was not cool. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want that. I just didn't want it. It was too nerd like. Right. And I'm in the hood with that. <laughs> man, it didn't work, man. It just didn't work for me. So what it is. What it is. Thank what you, Wood Harris. You got it, Ed. The most versatile man. actor on the scene right Thank now. Thank you, man. Well, Very nice to meet you, brother. First dude, time, man. This is not the first time we've ever met each other. Well, first life. time we had this long greeting yeah, yeah, talking. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? This is Come like, On Son, the podcast, man. I'll talk to y'all next Monday. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Peace, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.